Paul Bryce is with us, Wayne. Now, it's not quite Tuesday in his part of the world yet, but it is here, and he celebrates a birthday today, our time. So, Paul Bryce, as I say, good morning to you. Happy birthday. Thank you very much, mate. I'm hanging on to it as long as I can. <laughs> uh, and I'm lucky enough to be, have been born late in the evening, so I sort of hang on to it as long as I can. It's, uh, you know, just as a self-preservation thing. As a, young, as a youngster, you look forward to your birthday, you get presents and you get showered with praise. The older you get, the more you want to avoid these, these milestones. So, speaking that's, of milestones, that's the way of it. last night, Australia, Ash Gardner, eight wickets, 12 for the game. It was a really good Ashes Test match, wasn't it? We got five days. We got to the fifth day, and it was spin that dominated in the end. Yeah, it certainly was, and I suppose it's a bit of a shame. It didn't quite make it to lunchtime because it did look on. I mean, you're going into the final day. England wanted, I think, 152 with half the side to go, um, and it was feasible all the way around. You know, every result was possible. Um, but as you say, Ash Gardner came along and, and did what she did. And it was a funny sort of wiki, really, because um, I don't even think the curator expected it to spin that much. I think there was a little bit of disappointment. Um, certainly after the first day, it looked greener than it was um, and didn't appear to do... Um, all that much, you know, the bowlers had to work for it, and as you say, spin dominated. So, you know, Sophie Eccleston, as you say, got 10 in the match. Uh, Ash Gardner was ultimately it. And again, it was sort of similar to the men's Ashes, where um, England dropped a few chances and Australia didn't, and that's ultimately, I think, what, what, what won them the game. Yes, it seemed to be a, a terrific game. I was going to say the wicket sounded as though it was perfect. You know, good runs in the first couple of days and then it started to, to do a bit. So that's a bit of a surprise to hear you say that they were surprised. But, um, yeah, there's some great individual efforts, wasn't there? Tammy Beaumont, her 200 in that first innings, um, you know, really set the game up, didn't it? Yeah, it was a fabulous effort. I think the disappointment comes from the fact I think they thought there was a bit more pace in it. It looked a bit as if it would do a bit more... Mm. Um, you know, they always say at Trent Bridge, well, they say lots of grounds, but particularly Trent Bridge, they say you look up, not down, because um, it does tend to move about a bit. So I think that was where the surprise came in. Um, but in terms of, of Tammy, yeah, splendid effort, 208. I think she's something like the fourth, the fourth highest scoring uh, woman in the history of the game. So it was a super effort at home. We had good crowds as well for all five days. Um, I think even they were surpassing uh, what they thought. I think overall it was about 20,000 over the five days. Um, and uh, lots of people showed up. And I know there's there's more tickets sold for, for the uh, the shorter format games. So um bodes well as we go on. It certainly does. And uh, good to see that uh, spin was so prevalent as the match went on. But uh, as Wayne said, a double hundred for Tabby, Tammy Beaumont, 99 for Elise Perry. But... Annabelle Sutherland announced herself as a player of potential. I guess we've we've known for a while that she's the heir apparent, perhaps, to Elise as an all-rounder. An unbeaten 138 the first innings really gave Australia that really big first inning score. As much as England got close to it, uh, that score, very hard to, to lose when you make nearly 500 in your first innings. Yeah, and she came in at just the right time. They were struggling a little bit when she came in. And uh, um, again, I think she was missed a couple of times early, so went on, made them pay a bit, and... Uh... Yeah, I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? That they just seem it's a bit like the Australian men's side of the nineties, where they seem to you know you could have had two teams worth of players um, easily enough. They just keep producing all these these players that seem to slot in just when you think there might be a weakness in there. Here's the next cab off the rank sort of thing, and she came in and, and showed why she's as rated as highly as she is. 
Paul, the, the men's Ashes test now. We turn our focus back to this enthralling series. It's only one test through. The second test at Lord starts Wednesday. Will Mitch Stark come back for Australia? And are there any possible changes for England? Rehan Ahmed, as you told us last week, is in the squad. Has Moen Ali's fitness been debated? Yep, long and hard. And uh, as far as we know, and certainly according to Ollie Boatby, he's good to go. So Moen Ali he looks like he's going to play um, again. Rehan Ahmed has, has been called into the into the actual squad um, for for this match. Whether he'll play, who knows? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, um, just to change something up a little bit. It does look a little bit weak, the, the English bowling attack, because they have this policy now of, of the rest and rotation. It's a case of, are they going to you know, perhaps maybe drop one of the senior guard, bring in someone like a Mark Wood just for a bit more pace? Um, who knows? It depends how much... Uh, he's he's travelling in terms of his own fitness, so yeah, it, it, it's an interesting time as as we go ahead. And of course, England coming back um, from behind, as it were. Now, I think the, the smart talk has been that they wouldn't have done all that much differently. Um, Stokes is always going to back himself in whatever he does, and even if so, even if he got it wrong, he wouldn't say so. Um, you mentioned Mark Wood. I, I would like to see him in, but again, I think a lot of that would probably, Paul, depend on the fitness of of um, Stokes himself. Is there much being said about his knee because he he looked as though he was struggling late in that last test? Yeah, it's a strange one though with Stokes because he always looks like he's struggling, and then he goes on and, and does something, or or you know he he'll do something to be the X factor in the side. So he's not going to drop himself. Um, unless he can't stand up, I suppose. That's, that's the way he looks at it. Um, I tend to agree with you um, in terms of wanting to see someone like Wood um, uh, come in. Um, you know, so it's, it's just a case of how you juggle the side round. Um, I think we're okay in terms of batting. I don't think they'll change much in terms of the line-up there. Um, the toss, as ever, um, it will be all important. The weather looks pretty good for the week. Um, a bit cooler than it has been, so um, not not to the point of being cold, but it certainly we've a, a decrease in the humidity that we've had of, of recent times. Um, so you know that that may affect bowling conditions. Um, but yeah, Lord's always a special occasion. Uh, I'm sure it'll be full for all five days, and uh, you know it, it'll be hopefully let's let's go five days as well. Paul Bryce is with us, UK sport correspondent, gearing up for the second men's Ashes test and a great win for Australia at Trent Bridge in the women's Ashes, uh, the first and only test that uh, was concluded last night. Uh, Paul, Jimmy Anderson, I mean, there's been a war of words, hasn't there, between the two teams, and Ollie Robinson's probably been the chief architect of that, but Jimmy's comments were quite damning about the pitch at Edgebaston and if the pitches are like that, that might be his lot done in this, in this series. Where does he sit heading into this second test that might have a bit more grass on it at Lord's? Well, um, I think like every, you know, every bowler, he'd want to play. He'd want to play every game. So um, I think he he wasn't wrong um, in terms of his criticism of the pitch at Edgebush. And I think the, the the team who put that together would be a little bit disappointed themselves as to to how much it didn't do. Um, it was quite benign um, as we went on, and not typical of of Edgebush and wickets of of recent times. So you know, I don't suppose. Um, he, he'd said what a lot of people thought, so <laughs> you know, and he played in the game. So if anybody can say anything, then then he can. Um, and I suppose going in, he's the one sort of managing himself. Um, you know, he's past a certain threshold in terms of age, 
um, and he wants to manage it as best he can. But, you know, I'd imagine he'd want to play um, like, like every player wants to play. County cricket, uh, we're actually squeezing in a round of county championship fixtures in and amongst all the, the white ball cricket that we're seeing at the moment. Uh, we've seen Hampshire have a really dominant first couple of days against Middlesex and Surrey last night, an incredible last wicket partnership that has given them a real ascendancy against Lancashire. Yes, it has. And, uh, you know, um, Sean Abbott, in there worth a mention, got 87 um, in, as part of that last wicket uh, partnership uh, down, down at the Oval. And um, interestingly enough, this round and the round after, they're actually using the Kookaburra ball mm. um, for, for, for this for these couple of rounds. For no other reason, I think, than they want to try it. Why they've chosen now, I don't know, but there's obviously some science behind it to, to say that's what they want to do. Um, yeah, it's it's been an interesting couple of rounds. Just to nip back to something you said before we came on air, that that, that, that game in Zimbabwe, the, the World Cup qualifier, the West Indies actually have already qualified. Mm. Um, so like even for though the next lost, stage, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're already there. So, um, But still, that, uh, I was listening to um, that Surrey game you, you talk about, and one of the people on the commentary was uh, Roland Butcher, um, journeyman county pro, been around for a long time. And uh, he was doing it a bit tough watching that game on a monitor while he was watching the game in front of him at the Oval. Yes, remarkable uh, that we can see a tie, 374 apiece. So, yep, uh, into the next stage, the West Indies, but still certainly in a battle to qualify for the World Cup themselves. Kent, a big score. Daniel Bell Drummond, a big double century. And Somerset, bouncing back from a pretty meagre first-inning score against Knotts. That looks like a pretty classical Taunton wicket. It gets better to bat on the longer you get on. Yeah, unless your name's Tom Abel and you barbecue mm. your own self, which he did going for a third. Uh, ran himself out just before lunch at a time when they didn't need to do it. But, uh, yeah, they've, they've come on nicely um, for, 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 that, uh, for that effort. And um, they've put themselves, or will put themselves, in a decent enough position, not, not looking quite the side people probably thought they would be. Uh, batting looks a little bit paper-thin. So um, we'll, we'll see on that. And, you know, it might be that Somerset give themselves just the boost. A um, couple of notes from Division 2, I would say Yorkshire going very well, 550 in their first innings, uh, nine down declared, uh, and they're, they're going along nicely against the, 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 the glorious Gloucesters at Headingley. So um, a, a, a club that desperately needs a win, they might just get one. We'll see how it falls over the next couple of days uh, with this round of county championship fixtures. Paul, always a pleasure to chat to you. Birthday plans? I think it's going to be a quiet one. To be honest, um, uh, that said, open to suggestions. He <laughs> says, um, "You know, we'll see. Might have a glass of lemonade or something. Um, plenty of good county cricket to follow, and uh, gearing up for the test, which starts on Wednesday." That'll be a great present in itself. Paul, have a great day, and thank you very much for your time, as always. Absolute pleasure to catch you on Friday. That's Paul Bryce, our man on the ground, birthday boy. Paul Bryce, what is it? Fifteen minutes away from Benny's birthday officially over there in the UK. Joining us here on Sports Breakfast this morning.